0: So, Hey, everyone. It's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, now Google Play podcast, where we talk about buying, selling, managing, and financing small and medium-sized businesses. Today, I've got a special guest. I'm joined by John Matheson, who has been around the block when it comes to borrowing money for business and real estate investing needs. I uh, thought I'd have John on the show to talk a little bit about business borrowing. We're going to be talking about some of these new fintech lenders. We're going to be talking about boring old school banks that the guy sits in the corner, probably at the end of your street. And um, John, how did where, where are you from? How did you get involved in being in the world of helping business people obtain loans from a bank or other lenders?
1: Well, listen, David, thanks for having me on the show. And it's funny because I listened to the intro. And um, when you do what I do, which is you're a real estate developer and now you're a software developer, how do you craft a simple, clean, historical elevator script of both of those two very diverse worlds? And um, the funniest thing is- You press
0: the stop button <laughs> you press on the, stop the elevator. Button. Yeah, right? It is. And, question, time.
1: and it's a Groucho Marx elevator. John, was the elevator going up or down when you met me, right? <laughs> yeah, so it's-, it's um, So my wife is the funniest and, you know, she says, Hey, he's a real estate developer and a software developer. So he's out of my hair all day. (laughs) It's funny. So, you know, in background, many of us who are in business or who buy and sell businesses and, you know, right into your purview, a lot of us are also the commercial real estate investors that are in the market just by nature of when you have a business you tend to also you know like the idea of taking some of that residual cash or you should like the idea of taking the residual cash in your business and investing it in things like real estate and so that's where where i was i guess i more wanted to always be the real estate developer and i i got a degree in finance as a as a young guy and ended up you know where do you go when you have a degree in finance you go to wall street and I worked down there in the '80s while Reagan was in office. <laughs> so it was a totally different world than the regulated world that's there today. And I, when I, when I left there, um, so they tell me at the time, there was only 22 people that had higher security designations on paper than I did. Okay. So, you know, but it was just one of those things where, as a country boy, the city just wasn't for me, and i I just got to a point where I wanted to be able to stand on or touch and feel what I was doing for work. So I went into real estate and I became a, a real estate developer, starting with um, thirty thousand dollars, was the size of my first transaction, and then went from there to the point, as you said, where as you get bigger, and you get into real estate developing in earnest, you realize that you need a legitimate source of financing to be able to do it. And um, one of the best sources of commercial financing that where you can get the best rates and terms is with your local community bank, or at least your regulated regional bank lender. So I started to... Build relationships one after another. And it's interesting, bankers, you know, back in the 90s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, it was all relationship driven, where if you took money and you returned it, they were happy with you and they would let you get bigger and you could grow and you could get bigger. And you started to to learn in your business, especially with property and and accumulating other businesses, that you can use leverage to your advantage, providing you can predict some level of profitability. So,
0: I I know a lot of bankers and who've been in the game for a long time. And the the period you're talking about the eighties into the nineties, somewhere there, it started to change. Bankers used to make banking decisions. So, so, so these people would know you know of you know who you associated with, look at your project. They would drive over if it's a real estate deal, they knew what the part of town and then maybe they had to talk to someone above them more senior in the organization, but they, if they liked the deal and they thought the deal was good, they could fight for the deal and they, their input was important in the underwriting decision. Nowadays it's changed a little bit, hasn't it? Where the the bankers really are salespeople. It's somebody else making the decision.
1: Well, that's it. And so when you get into, you know, the evolution of how that happened, even back in the nineties, like what you just described in the early two thousands, before let's go before the great recession with our timeline. Um, what, what always frustrated me all the way up to a few years ago, even was the unpredictability of the commercial bank process. I'm a planner. I like to predict things and you always want to be able to be certain if you're buying something that there's a banker that actually can do the transaction. Hmm. So, you know, you, you work with a commercial bank lender, but you can't afford to be out due diligence, time, money, and deposits only to find out that your regulated banker can't do the deal. And that's where those relationships with those people back then, when they looked you in the eye and said, no, I can do this, you believed them. Yeah. And you're right. So then the Great Recession comes, right? And this is how I got into software where development. I, like everybody else, had commercial real estate loans and commercial credit lines out when the 2007, 8, and 9 world hit. And um, even some of those credit lines, it was funny. I had one with a a major money center bank that the statement used to come in to me and it would say that the maturity date is zero, 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 zero. There was no maturity date. It was an evergreen line. And of course, Dodd-Frank changed the evergreen regulation to where the banks had to have an end date. So all of a sudden, one day I get a letter from my commercial bank that says, we're putting a maturity date on your evergreen credit line. So wait a minute, when I did it back in 2000, it was evergreen. What do you mean it's 2011 now and there's a timeline on it? And that's just how it was. You know, things just changed. So what's predictable in that world and how I met my partner in, in the software, who is a commercial banker, is I was in the market for a commercial real estate refinance at the request of my institution that I had was merging with another one. And they wanted, you know, projects that weren't started to be moved out of the bank, um, probably in just a move to clean up their balance sheet, whatever their motive was, they just said they wanted it out of the bank. So I had to find a new lender. And I'm sitting there with all the experience I had and all the millions of dollars I've taken from bankers and returned it and saying, all right, I need a new bank. I've been with this bank for 12 years. Where do I go? And I'm sitting there, David, Googling online. And I'm starting to get into the world of fintech where it says, you know, give me your information. We'll give you an answer. And I don't know about everybody listening on the call here who's been in the business a while. But, you know, who wants to give your social security number, your upload, your financials online today to get some form of an answer? So just what I so I like everybody else in an entrepreneur world, you network to a resolution. And I started to make phone calls. And some of the commercial realtors I knew said, you got to call this guy Dan Crowley guy's awesome. He, he will be able to help you. So I called Dan and um, Dan and I, we, he agrees to meet me and we meet down at a local diner and Dan and I at our age should not be at a diner, but you know, there we are, here comes up the sausage and bags and egg and, you know, bacon and eggs and it's, you know, it's breakfast time at the classic diner and he's got his laptop and he says, you know, this is a very busy banker who I, I you know, talked to on the phone a few times and he's sitting there with a the laptop. He goes, all right, give me your pro forma build out numbers. Cause it was a rental community. So give me your, your income and expense on, on the property and let me see what I can do. So I, I start giving it to him and he's tapping away. You know, he's entering in for commercial property, some of the dynamics of it. And it takes him five minutes and he turns off the computer around and on, on, in a great big word it just says go. So I'm staring at his screen there. It says go. And I'm looking at him and I'm going, what do you mean go? And he goes, Oh, I vetted your transaction through my software. My software vets your numbers against common commercial bank guidelines and tells me if you're likely a stop or a go to a commercial bank application. You're a go. Now I'm looking at him and I'm saying, I, I'm looking at him saying, So what happens? And he goes, so I'm going to print my one sheet. My software distills down to one piece of paper. I'm going to send it to the um, bankers that I do business with. And in a couple of days, you'll get an LOI and you'll be able to close your loan. Now, this was a loan that I'd worked on for a couple of months to no avail. And he says, and I'm looking at it, and what he said is exactly what happened. But in that meeting, I'm now turning into more entrepreneur like you would. You're sitting there going, what's in his computer? And I said to him, what do you mean your software? And he goes, yeah, I wrote this code back you know, 20-something years ago, this algorithm set, and I've used it to vet billions of dollars of commercial bank credit lines and commercial property loans. And I'm looking at him going, what? He said, how do I get this? And he goes, and this is not how he is. I mean, he's not, he, it's not like it was a sandbox discussion between him and I, but it, and he's like, you can't have it. And he's telling me I can't have it, not because he won't give it to me, because it's in his computer. He doesn't have it in any form to give it to me. There's, there's no install disk he can let. No, there's no that. disk. There's no cloud There's nothing. So I said to him, do you realize the angst that you just relieved from me with this program? He goes, yeah, people hug me. With this. I'm not sure they do. He says, have you ever thought about putting this into the market? Because I know there are a lot of people who are feeling the same way that I am and the amount of relief I have, I'm empowered today to speak to the banker. Do you have any, and he said, you know, I've been so busy in my consultancy. I just haven't gotten to a people have talked to me about it and I'd love to. And I said, well, would you like to partner with me on it? Cause I kind of know how to do this kind of marketing. And he said, yeah. And that's where we started. And so from that day forward, I started to you know really learn as our collective goal with our software has been to take the mystery out of the commercial bank process and empower every business owner or real estate investor with the knowledge and the likelihood that their transaction is lendable
0: before they ever speak to a banker. Because the speaking to the banker part is where your time gets gobbled up. Well, right. and think about it. I this mean, this me can be weeks, week long conversations. Oh, think about it. I mean, you
1: and I will go through what used to happen and what can happen now. But if I bring up banker in the room, let's say, let me ask you, you know, are you having a holiday party, David, somewhere, right? Let's say you are going to invite your banker. You're going to invite your dentist. I mean, you know, there's a pain meter out there. And if I talk to any business owner, they laugh. And it's like, no, I'm not inviting my banker. Well, why not? He's a good guy or she's a great girl. Woman, why wouldn't you invite him? Because, you know, there's that feeling somewhere between nervousness and complete dread of speaking to the banker about financing, isn't there? Mm. And so what we wanted to come up with was in the market, especially post the the last recession, when a lot of damage got done between the relationship of entrepreneurs and bankers. And that's just not me saying it. That's out there on survey. Um, We wanted to be able to repair that with a simple conversation starter so what the output of our software does you go into our software with your transaction and for someone like you does a lot of business credit analysis work you're just putting in whatever your business numbers are and there's carve outs and algorithms that are inside the software dan wrote that are simple conversation starters that get distilled down to what we call a one sheet and you download print and share or you send that electronically to the banker And you ask the banker, would you like to continue the conversation with me on this transaction? Now, the banker has been fed in bank language written by Dan, who's the banker, one sheet of paper that is designed for people like them. Now, you could dissect it because you've been in the business, but entrepreneurs like me, we look at it and go, well, the numbers look good, but, you know, what do I care about a DSCR? And what that stuff is, right? But the banker looks at that stuff and says, "Okay, I I do want to meet you to continue the conversation." Big difference from what we now what we usually do, right?
0: Yeah, back before I was a a business broker, I was a business finance broker. So I was helping people get capital leases, um, operating leases, factoring facilities, lines of credit, loans, etc. And what I found very interesting is I had relationships with bankers who would, they would send me their rejects because, because they would have these really good customers who had their home mortgage and their car loans and all these things with the bank and they'd come in and want a business loan. And then the banker would look through their stuff and determine that they couldn't help them or whatever. And they would send them to me because if the banker across the street took the business, they'd go after the mortgage and the car loans and the retirement accounts and everything. But what started to surprise me is when these people arrived to me at my office, they would be entrepreneurs and they would have a great idea. And to your point, none of the jargon was there. None of the language was there. And it's where I learned that if the banker doesn't think that they can make it into a deal that they can do, they won't want to invest the time because of course they're under, under a microscope to produce X number of deals for X number of millions of dollars a year. That's how they're scored, right? Right. And so I would take these people and I would say, show me what you're doing. And I would, you know, say, well, you know, we're going to have to have an opening balance sheet because we need to know what the debt to equity ratio is going to be. And we're going to have to show what the payments are going to be and how much extra cash you have, the debt service coverage ratio. And amazingly, John is about three quarters of the time I would be able to turn around and represent the same deal back to the banker that had referred it to me and get it financed. Awesome. See, and, and, just, and, and so the, the entrepreneur, yep. it was a language barrier, right? right. You no, know, it's, right. it's like one of them was speaking a foreign language, right? They, they didn't have the words. It's,
1: um, it is. And you just said so many wonderful things in the same two minutes of, that you just spoke. One of them is, is you said, the banker is under pressure to deliver. See and and of course the vernacular on the street right now is that, well, it's getting better, but that bankers are rejecting more than half of the commercial applications that come in. You spent some time talking to Ty Crandall. We do business with Ty. And so we're all talking the same languages. Why is why are they rejecting over half of the applications? My partner Dan says no, commercial bankers don't want to reject the application. These are people who live in your community. They work with you. They're community builders. They don't want to say no. But like you said, pressure from above is not only to write the loan, but also they have these metrics nationwide where they publish this stuff and actually believe it costs them costs them now anywhere between $3,000 and $4,000 to reject you or I for a loan request. That's what they think. So the gatekeeper, like you said in the beginning, you know, the gatekeeper is sitting there deciding, are we going to incur rejection costs today? Or are we looking for a loan we can do? So the old way of doing it is all of us would do what? Nice little executive summary, some kind of prepared speech, maybe to the banker, supporting (laughs) documents, our financials, something in a nice package, pictures, whatever we could do if it was property, We'd have all of that stuff. It's the credit line. We have the reasons why we can afford it and what we can do. And in we would go with the package, maybe meet with the banker, maybe not, leave it, and then do what?
0: Yeah, uh, You wait. Wait.
1: Exactly. It's a four-letter word. We wait. And it, I don't know any business person that waits real well. Hmm. Right. And there's 28 million of us out there in small business and who waits real well. So there you sit. And so the waiting breeds the uncertainty, which breeds the anxiety. So now what we like about what we've been able to come up with and and who tells us they like this the most is the bankers. The bankers Mm -hmm. say to us, your software is delivering to us a prepared potential borrower. Right. That's speaking our language and so it's like we've it's like you know that that's a new commercial on TV where where it's it's the um insurance where she's in the woods with the guy at the desk who's the insurance guy and i don't know if you've seen it where it's it's just i forget who the company is but it's um it's funny they're speaking a language barrier and they bring the insurance agent into the woods where there's a guy at the desk and it's like they're talking insurance and i mean that's what this does all of a sudden it's like Would you like to continue the conversation with me based on these numbers? Now the banker says, yes, what happens? It's a human business. You've seen it. The banker vests in the deal. Now they'll help you. They don't want to reject you. Your numbers are good, but maybe you've got issues in the file that you need some help with. Why not find that out before we go online and give our social security number and upload our financials to a fintech company that's going to charge us whatever they disclose for rate and term plus the hidden fees that they're receiving from the lender that they place your loan with.
0: Now, so so this, this is a big thing. This is a big B in my bonnet as it were. Um, because I, I know the business is risky and I tell people that if they're going to make investments in other people's business, they got to get a good rate of return, all this kind of thing. And I, and I often talk with business owners who say they have a great opportunity to double, triple money and they don't care if they have to pay a higher rate of interest. But but my big concern is that it, when there's a lack of transparency, so when, when people go to some of these fintech companies and they see, oh, it's only a fee of $3.88 a week or something like this, and they don't know how to use the boring old BA to a two plus you know, calculator and realize that that simple little fee actually works out to a 38% interest rate. Right. Crazy. And, and when you have, when you have a, a local bank who's going to charge you a prime plus four or something like this, right. You know, and, and you're, and you're talking about six, seven, eight, even, even if they think that you're risky and they want to charge a 12% interest, right. It's still a third of what you're going to pay with some of these online lenders um, why do you think these online companies are so big at targeting the small business owner? Is, is it because this is like an unregulated sort of loophole? These business people are expected to be um, wise and make good decisions? Or they don't get the same protection as consumers.
1: I think part of this, and this is my instinct, so I'm going on what I read or my own opinion of, you know, being out there in all of the spaces, talking to the lenders and, and the business owners. There's a big issue with expediency with the regulated banking world. Um, they, that, that world hasn't come along as fast as the fintech world. When you need money in business to meet payroll by Friday and today is Wednesday and you've all of a sudden figured that out, which you and I would say, well, you should have known. But it's all this, that, you know, and you need to get up that type of a loan in place or you need a credit line. You don't want to wait. You want to get a decision. So there, it's too tempting to say, all right, I'll put myself and there's the other factor. I'm in pain. You know, it's, 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 you know, people will do how many things more to get out of pain than to obtain pleasure, right? So it's, I mean, I need that fifty, dollars $100,000 credit line for my new initiative, or for my opportunity right in front of me, or for whatever reason. And I don't want to wait 60 to 90 days to get. It. So I'm going to, I'll pay the higher interest rate, but no one realizes it's the number you just said. They don't sit there and do that analysis. It's all the, okay, they're going to give me the line. This is great. And I've got the money. So I solved that problem and I'll worry so about you
0: feel that. like a winner because right. you, you got approved. Right. Everyone's looking for a pat on the back ever since kindergarten, and they started handing out gold stars.
1: (laughs) And when you get the money too, right? I mean, you're solving the problem for your business because you're saying, if I wait for the regulated banker, maybe I could wait 90 days, but maybe that's all I have. And how do I do business with the regulated banker just to find out 35 days in I can't have it? You know, I can't vest. I've got to know I've got to keep moving. So if we could come up with a way in the market to be able to get that commitment from the banker faster so that we can say, hey, it's noon. I just sent you a one sheet, right? It's two o'clock. I need an answer. Are you able to do my loan or not? And if the banker says, yes, good. When are we taking out? And what do you need from me? And I'm empowered here today because if you tell me no as a banker, I know that I'm a go inside of a software that I'm using. I'll go, I, can, you know, I can go to the next banker very quickly. And I don't have to. I owe it to myself to try the bankers first because of the best rate and term I can get is there before I just simply solve my problem online because there's no other alternative. If that's where I have to go, then that's where I have to go but let's hope as a business owner we take the time to say wait a minute let me try the the community or regulated you know regional banker first and try to see if I can fit in and then try to get terms I can live with versus trying to you know just go online and get fleeced with an interest rate and different guarantees that I don't understand
0: so the you know the 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 conversation out there a lot of the times what we hear is that the bigger banks don't like small business Right. Right. And the fintech guys fuel that in their advertising. Yeah. Right. They, they, they make fun of the, 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 you know, the silver haired banker in the gray suit and how he doesn't want to help anyone. And he's locked in his office with all of his money and he won't let it out. It's a great, it's a great depiction. Yep. Right. And, and, and then people, people laugh and chuckle at that. And, but deep down inside people, like you said, they're, they're afraid of the rejection. They're unfamiliar with the process when, you know, so what are you seeing out there? Are banks, are they not actually pulling back from small business? They're just, they're, they're trying to be smarter at how they address this market.
1: I think that there was a period that is changing now, but I think that we were into that 2013, 14, 15 world for sure, where the bankers that were big enough to do the small business lines had a perception that there wasn't enough money they could make in that space. So they would say, you know, it's just not profitable for me to do a $50,000 credit line. So, you know, the next place to go was the small community lender though. So you and I are talking about the major money center players. Hmm. And then a few of them came out of that area and said, oh, there's opportunity here because if I give that, I, I want to, you know, <laughs> there's a federal reserve study I saw, which was just classic. They, um, the bankers, as you know, they market seven or eight products that they really want you all to take as a business person, but they, or there is a, a, a perception in the industry that the teller or the person out front you don't want to walk up to the commercial borrower, potential borrower, business owner who walks into your lobby and say, hey, would you like a commercial credit line? We're doing a special today because you're afraid if that person doesn't qualify, you're going to reject them. And then what you just said will happen, that mortgage, that merchant account, that it's all going to go across the street to the person who does it. So how they market to all of us, think about your own mailbox. They send all of us stuff in the mail they don't ever approach us personally because they don't want to reject you in person on what it is. So, you know, I think it's changing today. My perception is when you talk to some of the bigger money center banks that, that want to, that are telling us they want to meet our business owners that are using our software they're they're realizing that sometimes the lower requests, if it's easy for them to approve, opens the door for the greater relationship and I haven't met a banker yet that doesn't want to get a certain amount of complete global real credit relationships with a customer over the course of a year or two of building that relationship. That's what they want. They want me and anyone like us to bank at their bank and not be anywhere else. Yeah. And if they have to start with the $50,000 credit line, then that's where they need to start. I think they're starting to realize that as a group now, but the smaller ones do a great job with it.
0: So how long has it been since you've had the software out there? Like how, how long have you guys been in the market with your product? So we launched in May.
1: Dan's been out there for over 20 years in his private practice with it. But we actually, um, we committed to the technology piece to move it into the cloud to where now we all can access it with a username password at a secure URL. Yeah, and we have our own protected dashboard. And when you're in there, you have your res- we have our resource center that you can get the helpful hints and tutorials from on how to use it. And all that's in a password user protected area.
0: And so, for a small business person, let's say somebody's in Florida today, and they you know they're they're looking at growing their business, or maybe they've found a similar business and they're looking at acquiring. Right? Sure. And they, they sit down. They can. Uh, what level of information do they have to have to, to start inputting in your software? Can they put in, do they put in their, their projections and their forecasts right into your software or do they have to bring those numbers already distilled from their own work and, and sort of enter them? So they can do both.
1: They can sanity check their transaction with our software in the, in the business loan screener space, which is the one that you'll like. It's not the, the commercial real estate screeners. We have, we have three of those and we have, um, the SBA 504 loan screener. We we do business with the SBA with our software too, and um, in those in those business loan screeners, we can put in if we have historical 1120 or Schedule C information, we can put it in each step of the way. There's there's a tooltip that tells you what to add back and how the banker will treat every little line item maybe that's on your return right down to depreciation depletion whatever. It's all right there. Mm -hmm. Um, about getting into the weeds on it. Or you can say to the banker, Hey, this is a pro forma. This is my expectation. And where, like you just said, if we're, if we're the small business owner looking for private capital to invest in us, we're going to use projections. And so you can use. And so if you say, okay, I'm going to offer a 12% return to people to invest in my idea, let's say, well you can show with the software how what your exit plan is how would you pay that investor back how are you going to service that 12% are you accruing that or are you paying that and how are you going to do it what's what's the sale number that you need what's the minimum viability point of your business to be able to cover that kind of interest and or principal and interest payments
0: so so your your system it's output it's, it's not strictly just something that a banker is going to look at. You, so, uh, you know, you, you have SBA rules and all this kind of stuff built into your different filters and things. Yeah. But really this is useful for anyone either looking for a private investor, wanting to pr- make a presentation to a bank. And it's, it doesn't even have to be just people in the U.S. People in other countries could certainly take this output to a lender in their country uh, to make a presentation.
1: You know, for the private lender piece, yes. For the regulated banking piece, our underwriting is based on commercial bank guidelines that are published in the US.
0: Okay. I got you. All right. Right. So and and so that changes all the time. So as a SaaS setup, when rules change, for example, the SBA rules sometimes change every year, you can go in and tweak those at the beginning of the year. Oh, sure.
1: Yeah, we've and we've tweaked twice already.
0: So can you tell us some of the success stories that you've heard from some users who may have given up on trying to access reasonably priced capital, but were able to successfully do their deal because of using your tools?
1: I'll tell you, you know, this is what keeps me going. The testimonials are amazing because as a real estate developer, you cross over into software and you're localized in your place where you do business and you either rent or sell product. And it's the satisfaction of that, but you're not able to have people from across the country just get involved overnight in your software and then tell you how happy they are with it. So I'll give you a classic one that um, was from a, it's actually from a friend of mine and he he calls me up and this is a guy who's got credentials that are enviable in the health services space. And he decides he's, he's going to start his own business a few years ago, which he does. And he's at the point where he needs to expand. And he's walking into the banks and they're not helping him because he's a, he's a, what I'll describe as a, he's a Dave Ramsey guy. He, on a personal level, can't stand debt and doesn't think he should even work in his business. Mm-hmm. So I explained to him leverage and how it would work. And I asked him for his information on his Schedule C so I could help determine what I thought was a fair leverage amount for his business that he could afford. So he did that, and I sent him the one sheet from our business loan screener, and I told him to walk into his bank and to just say to the banker, walk into a couple of different bankers in his area, which is in Atlanta, and and just say to him, would you like to continue the conversation with me about a credit line for my business? So I didn't hear from him. So a couple of months go by, let's say three or four months, and I get a text. Now, this guy is in top physical condition. He's at our age, you know, he's enviable for how great a shape he's in, right? So he says to me, and all the text says is my fat pants are loose. And I'm looking at this, going, what's he talking about? So I call him. I said, What do you mean your fat pants are loose? He said, You're in top shape. He goes, Oh no, man, I'm sorry. I thought I copied the whole thing. That was a message from a client. And he goes, I took your software into, and I won't say the bank, and he says, they gave me my credit line against the numbers. And I took the credit line, I added staff, I got myself a larger space, and I've gotten myself a different level of clientele. And this, that was from a guy that I was able to help lose weight immediately. And that text came in, and because I took the software and the loan and I I took your advice, I'm out there now changing lives. And I thought you'd want to know.
0: Oh, that's an awesome story. Dude, and I'm sitting there going,
1: you're kidding me. So then, you know, the business stuff will come in from business owners who say, you know, by getting the credit line I needed, it's restored financial dignity to my life. I mean, what do you say? I mean, you just sit there as the developer of this stuff and go, wow, this is fun. So then you start to get legs and you start to expand it into other places. And, you know, we've got ourselves into six or seven different types of screeners now, and we just keep making more. And we've even gotten noticed by the CPA community where some of the, some of the bigger trainers and some of the bigger players in that group are saying, hey, we want to get your software out to the CPA, the private CPA audience that works with the business owners to help with the process of making commercial banking a better experience for them.
0: What, what kind of investment is it for people who want to start using your software?
1: So we wanted to make it affordable for everybody. So for all of our screeners, they're between 147 and 197 dollars each.
0: And it's and a that, one-time purchase, and then you get
1: one year. It gets you a one-year per year, okay? And what we like about that for you is you get to keep your dashboard. So you have a a evergreen dashboard that you're updating, and you can use it as a little financial management tool. So that if you ever go to refinance, you have all the data from your original um, loan that you put in, especially on a building or on a credit line, you can track your business over time. So if you took a credit line, you can evaluate, hey, should I refinance it? Can I get a better rate on this? What if I want to do an equipment loan now? And you can add this stuff in and you can sanity check your ability to pay that stuff before you ever speak to a banker about it.
0: So, back when I was doing my, my loan brokerage business, I would charge people, and, and, I, and I was very unique because I was transparent in my fees. So, what I would say to people is if you want to hire me, I'm going to charge you 2% of whatever I'm able to obtain. And if the lender pays commissions, I'll disclose that to you and we'll deduct it off your bill. Nice. And so, so, I would say to people, like, here's an offer at this interest rate, but they're going to pay me some money, and here's an offer at a better interest rate, but they won't pay anything. So, you know, the business person was able to make their decision. So for somebody, if I helped them get a $100,000 loan, they'd be paying $2,000 for my services. Mm-hmm. So, so for this kind of help, that's really gonna probably help quite a few business people become DIYers, right? Absolutely. With, with this tool, they're gonna be able to have that conversation they may not need as someone in the middle like the work that I used to do. Um, to be around 200 bucks, is is absolutely a good deal. And uh, it's like uh, from, from from what I used to charge people to do this kind of thing. And
1: it's like Ty Crandall who you know too and said, said to me when we first introduced it to him he said, "John, who wouldn't want to know if they qualify on their numbers before they apply?" Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to know? And you know, that's one of the things about about Dan. Dan does in the consulting space, Dan was in, he was doing a lot of what you described that you were doing for for larger business clients. And Dan said to me with the software when we first sat down, he said, John, I'm going in a weird way, I'm going to make myself obsolete. And it, I never really understood it until time, you know, as a year went by when we started working together, or what that meant. And you just, you see it too. I mean, it's now, we're all into that digital age where, Properly used digital products can replace some of what we were able to do before. Now, it doesn't mean that the advisory service isn't there. Mm. And the advisory service for the small business person is somebody using our software, being able to advise that business person could be just another way to do the same thing. And, and to think about it, the conversation starting mechanism is what I really like. It's just even now what I do in my real estate business is I just I get the one sheet and I going to buy something or, or I'm going to refinance and I send it in and I say, you know, yes or no. <laughs> and I get an answer. I get an answer back within a couple hours and I don't have to wait. Now, we all know there's layers of underwriting. This is nothing more than a conversation starter. It's not an approval. We know we have to go through the gambit with a commercial bank, but if we're prepared for that going in and we know that all the things that go with it and they tell us up front they like our numbers, we are a long ways from getting through that gauntlet. Yeah. We're a long ways toward getting through it. I mean, yeah.
0: Well, uh, I mean, I think you're doing something really important and really useful. And I wanted to have you on the show because I know that there's all kinds of people in my audience who would probably be able to take advantage of of what you're doing. So uh, where do people find it online if they want to learn something more uh, about the tool?
1: Sure. So they can go to, it's simple, commercialloansuccess.com. And if they go there, they'll see everything that they need to see about our platform and it and it can show them how to get involved and It's all right there it shows them they pick the screener that's suitable for them based on what they're doing and um for yours and, and the audience today that was nice enough to sit through listening to me yak for for the last half hour. we do do um a nice little giveaway that would be at web dot commercial dot forward slash dealmaking for the for the podcast and there we give away a chapter from our upcoming book commercial loan success the book will um, will help anybody get organized going into the commercial loan process it's it's our concept of all the things that you should do before you ever speak to a banker and then how to conduct the process from start to finish with a lender. Um, so, they get a chapter of that and then they get a nice link to our software at a discount.
0: Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, John, for taking the time to join us today. And um, we'll talk to you later. For for anyone out there who's listening to this because they're trying to figure out if they're going to qualify for a loan, if they want to buy a business, and you haven't already, of course, head over to businessbuyeradvantage.com where you can get a bunch of help from me on how to buy a business the right way. And, uh, John. Have a great day. We'll see you later.
1: Thank you, sir. It's great. All right.